The plane circled the coast of an ocean, the color of a bowl of blueberries, or the heart of a turquoise ring, depending on where you looked. For a moment, the frothy white waves shone with an otherworldly aura, and everything she looked at rose to meet her. She thought the plane was crashing, but it wasn't. It was just her. Once they landed, the passengers were funneled into a van where everyone avoided eye contact. Johanna's head felt heavy against the headrest. The vehicle glided smoothly out of the airport parking lot, but when it hit a pitted highway, she raised a hand to her temple. She tried to focus on a flock of birds diving and swooping in unison, tried not to picture her finger as a drill that could relieve pressure. How do they do that, do you think? She asked. How does who do what? The birds fly together like that. How do they know? Her husband's phone pinged. Ignoring her, he reached into his pocket and looked at it. He chuckled and held it up to her. Look at this, he said. But she didn't want to look at it. She wanted to talk to someone about how birds communicate with one another, using a method older than radio frequency. She squinted at the screen of his phone and saw the words, in solidarity, and a lot of bold underlines. She looked away from the amplified glare. The van was slowing down and moving through a town that crowded against the side of the road. Shop fronts painted teal, yellow, pink, and blue. Taco stands. Thatch-roofed stores. Colorful dresses and hats hanging on poles. Dogs and goats and people. Johanna locked eyes with a girl in a magenta top, waiting at a bus stop, and wondered who the girl was and where she lived, and if she was happy or sad. She wouldn't find out. Once, she and Ben had agreed that it was wrong to hide away from a country on a resort that had sanitized the truth out of the land it stood on, the way they were about to for the next two weeks. But the things they had once agreed upon were as foreign now as Johanna's own face must have been to that girl, appearing in the bus window to stare, mute, at a village she would never know. Her ears popped as the van ascended a cliffside road. Wheels dipped into a pothole. The van rattled out, and Ben reached over and squeezed her hand, as if they'd narrowly escaped something. And maybe they had. The drop to the ocean was dizzying. His hand was cool and dry, but there was a nervous pulse beneath his skin, an unbalanced cadence to his breathing, like an orchestra out of sync. Her own hand was sweaty. The bold in the underlines are a bit much, she said. He laughed. It's going to be intense. He squeezed her hand again as she clenched her body against a wave of nausea. But we can do this. She looked left, breaching the unspoken code of conduct in the vehicle. The woman on the other side of the aisle, who looked away, fast, had a curtain of seal-brown hair as shiny as glass. How did you get such gleaming hair? Was it something you were born with or something you paid for? The husband had silver hair that glinted too. He was tapping the screen of a smartphone. Next time, Ben said, we'll do something you like. That bike trip in Vietnam? Something different? I promise. Not like this. It wasn't long before a structure came into view, a garnet at the top of a hill, lit by a sun 
that had without warning begun to descend and deepen above the ocean. Orange highlighted paper gliding down.